Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I've been talking to y'all about spiritual collection. Now, if you're not sure what collection is when we're talking about horses and everything, it's getting a horse ready and, and putting it in a position to do the job safely, effectively, and purposefully in any situation. You know, um, I didn't grow up knowing how to do this. I was, you know, Ty and Sean and, and, and a bunch of other horsemen that are here. Um, I've listened to them. I've listened to conversations, whether they've taught me, you know, while I'm on Fiona or not. I've listened to them, and it has made a world of difference in my horse. And if you want to be spiritually collected, two weeks ago, we talked about how James said, um, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's kind of disengaging that hindquarters because, I mean, if you're shutting your ears, running your mouth, and you're mad all the time, guess what? You're not going to hear what God wants you to do. It really is as simple as that. And then last week, we talked about you know, once we disengage that hindquarters and we can get that hindquarters moving wherever we want it to, then we got to give it a purpose. And in order to give it a purpose, James says that we have to be doers of the word. Where we're not just going to go, oh, well, Jesus told us to do this and we would be blessed. And, well, let's just talk about it. We don't, if we talk about it, maybe God will think that we're actually doing it. No, that's, he said you're deceiving yourselves. We all need to be spiritually collected. My heart is absolutely pounding with excitement over the message today. I woke up at 3.45 this morning, and if I could have preached this sermon, I would have at 3.45 this morning. But what did I do? I opened up my Bible and I sat there and I read all of these scripture references and I marveled at how simple it is. How God loves us so much and he lays it out there in black and white for us to do. And he says, I guarantee, I promise. God has never broken a promise, not one single time. That doesn't mean he's going to fulfill the promise just whenever you want it fulfilled. But he's never not fulfilled a promise. And he has an amazing promise for all of us today. You heard, you, you heard me? You hear, and, and if it is your first time today, whether you're watching online or at one of the lion camps or here today, it is okay to laugh, okay? This isn't a funeral. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. You know, you can't go to Jesus' grave where he's buried in a pine box. He ain't there. So you can laugh. But you've heard me talk about Fiona and getting her collected. You know, there, there was a time, and I, and I cleared this with my wife, just so y'all know. I did. I cleared this with her. I told her that I was going to tell this story. And it, it's a funny story. So I'm at the house in Texas, the house that was. It's no more. It burned down to the ground. So anyway. We were at the house in Texas, and I'm at the end of the house, and I'm digging a post hole in solid rock. That was, you know, kind of standard procedure for out there. You want to talk about feudalness? That's the way we operated. And Christy had gone and got this new gray horse that we called Fiona. Actually, that was her name when we got her. And she wanted to ride Fiona. 
And so Christy goes and gets on Fiona, and Christy's in the arena, and we had an arena right behind the house, and Christy's riding and everything, and she's, you know, look, <laughs> if anybody hasn't noticed, and this is what I love absolutely most, my wife is not a cowgirl, okay? I chose that on purpose because she believes everything I say. She knows no better. <laughs> you guys that want cowgirls, they're going to sit there and argue with you. No, no, that's not the way it goes. Christy's just like, okay. It's a lot better, trust me. <laughs> cowgirls, find you a guy that ain't a cowboy. He'll take everything you say for granted. Just, yeah, you're right. But anyway, so Christy's out there. That, but that doesn't mean that she can't ride. She's ridden a lot. And so Christy's out there, and she's riding the new horse, Fiona, who's three years old. And she's got a good handle on her. A guy named Rocky Adams started her, and, and she's doing real good and everything. And so I'm trying to build this, 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 trying to build a post hole. And um, I'm like this. And Christy's riding in the arena. And we have like this storage building kind of in between the, the house and the arena. And all of a sudden, now Griffin, he's just a little old kid, okay? He, he ain't bigger than a button. And I hear him go, Mom! 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 Hang on, Mom! And I look up, and I can't see him. And I mean, you know how you can tell by somebody's voice, something is wrong. My heart leaps in my throat. The only thing I can think of is Christy, because Fiona used to try to buck with her. I don't know what it is about putting two females together, but one of them didn't like it. She bucked with Christy every time she got on, but she wasn't very big, neither one of them. And um, so Fiona couldn't buck her off. That's what I'm trying to say. And so, anyway, I mean, I'm like right here, and I hear Griffin, Mom! Mom, hang on, Mom! And I mean, just flashes flew through my brain, and I'm like, oh, my God. You just let go of the post holes and just blind, flat-out run. I like hurtled, like ninja style, into the arena, full twist and everything. And when I came around the storage building, and I finally caught a glimpse, I guarantee you, Usain bolt cutter or whatever his name is he ain't got nothing on me in a pair of cowboy boots this is what I see imagine I'm a pretty little Christy she didn't have this <laughs> pretty little Christy I had taught her that if Fiona starts bucking what she does is she pulls her in a circle and so Fiona had started bucking, and Christy did exactly what I told her to. Love you for that, honey. First time for everything, but she pulled her head around and everything. But the bad part is Fiona starts bucking in a circle, and Christy gets like this on the side. She is literally on the side of Fiona, and she's got Fiona's head wrapped around this way. And Fiona's now spinning in a circle, and Christy's like this going, ha, 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 ha. She is laughing her butt off. She is fixing to, you know how a horse is going like this? And she's fixing to pull her on top of her. But she's got this hand trying to hold onto the saddle horn. And the only thing really keeping her from hitting the ground is the fact that she's got Fiona's head pulled around. So Fiona's kind of like holding Christy on by the bit. You want to talk about a wreck? It was a wreck. You know what double dutch is? The jump rope? That's what happened whenever I got there. I was like... Let go of the reins, honey! Let go of the reins! And she's still just laughing. So I'm trying to go in, but then I have to jump back out because Christy's head comes around. Try to jump in again. Finally, we got it done. Good grief. 
And then about a, what was that, about a month ago or so, I told Christy, I said, you can go check some cows with me? She's like, maybe. I said, who do you want to ride? I don't, I think that was one of the last times she ever rode Fiona. For good reason, I mean, obviously. I mean, that she wasn't scared of it. Christy still laughs about it to this day. But I said, you want to ride Fiona? She goes, yeah, I do. And so she got on Fiona, and it was like a different horse. Why was it a different horse? Because I had humbled myself, and I had learned somewhat of what collection on a horse means, and I had listened to what Ty and Sean and Jared and conversations with Doug and other horsemen and everything, I had listened to them and I had applied it. And guess who gets to reap the benefits of it? Number one, me. But number two, my family. Christy said, honey, she's a different horse. She said, literally, whenever I got on her, she said, I could feel her not trying to hurt me anymore. I could feel her trying to take care of me. See, that's what collection will do. That's what a Ty talked about, foundation. Now, I know what you mean by those horses with holes in them. We had one, one time called Colander. You ever had one of those horses? Yeah. So, anyway, so you can use that if you want to. What kind of foundation do you have? I had humbled myself. I had listened to what these guys had to say. I had applied it. And you know what? Fiona is better for it. I am better for it. Even my family has benefited from this collection. And it is no, and we're not just talking about horses. We're talking about a spiritual collection. If you will do what, not what Kevin said, quit listening, quit thinking that it's me. All I am telling you is what the Bible has already said. And he says right there in verse 19, my dear brothers, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And then in verse 20, it said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what the word says. I, I, you know what? I, I can't, it doesn't get any clearer than that, guys. And it just baffles me. It baffles me that I see so many of y'all, and I'm not trying to point anybody out, and I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. I see so many people walking around acting like they've got everything together and knowing inside that they want to change and everything, but they keep doing the same thing over and over and over, and you are not doing what God has told you to do. And I know you're not doing what God told you to do. If you want me to know how I know you're not doing it, come up to me afterwards and I'll tell you. I have proof that you're not doing it. Let's go on to the third part of spiritual collection. In verse 26, the Bible says, I mean, we're, remember, this is, this is like one after another, okay? In verse 26, James says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Now, the thing that I need you to understand first about this, okay? I need you to understand this. A lot of you are like, well, I don't like religion. 
That's not what he's talking about. Let me use another word instead of religion that I think that y'all cowboys can, can grasp and kind of get a hold of. And not just you cowboys, everybody can do this. Let's use another word. If anyone considers himself to abide by a code and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and the code that he claims to live by is worthless. Does that make a little more sense now? Because that's what, the, that's what James is talking about. You know, sure, he uses the word religion, but religion is just a, is a fancy church word for the code by which you state, this is the way I believe, and if this is the way you believe and you don't do what it says, then you are lying to yourself. Now, let, let's back up a second. Because when you hear the word taming the tongue or keep a tight rain you want to talk about being cowboy you got to keep a tight rein on your tongue i mean that that's as cowboy as it gets right there if you don't understand that man come up to me afterwards and i'll show you what a rain looks like <laughs> keep a tight rein on your tongue if he does not keep a tight rein on his tongue he deceives himself now when you think keep a tight rein on your tongue most of you are thinking, oh, well, then I shouldn't say bad words. I shouldn't uh, talk bad about other people. Um, I shouldn't cuss. Um, I, I shouldn't say bad things about other people. And I probably should not use bad words. No, no. That, I mean, I'm not saying that you should just go around dropping F-bombs. That's not what I'm talking about. Let's, I mean, come on, man. We're going to talk. You've never heard me beat around the bush with anything. But it says, and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue. He deceives himself and his religion is worthless. His code is worthless. How does the tongue and deceiving yourself tie together? Here it is right here. Excuses. You, not just you, and I'm, I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about you as in third person. As a matter of fact, scratch that off the record. We make excuses for not doing what God explicitly says to do. And in doing so, we deceive ourselves by making excuses. Somebody else will do it. Well, I don't have to do that, blah, blah, blah. Whatever excuse you make, that, that is how you are deceiving yourselves. And you do it to yourselves. And we'll learn more about that in a minute. But it says right here, if anyone considers himself to live by a code and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself by the excuses he makes with that same tongue and his code is worthless. The code that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Do I need to maybe point out right here that maybe we should pay attention to this next part? I mean, it, it's, it's just a, it's an observation that I have made in the good book when it says the code that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this. And then he lays it out. He gives it to us in black and white what we should be doing. He summarizes everything that he's been saying when he says we need to be quick to listen. We need to be slow to speak. We need to be slow to anger. We do not need to deceive ourselves and merely hear the word, but be doers of the word. 
Here it is. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, real quick. The first two are not that hard. If you do not know what an orphan is, Google it. Or you can Kevin it and he will give you the answer. An orphan is somebody that doesn't have a mama or a daddy. And that does not mean that their parents have died. Maybe they gave them up. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of orphans that live with their parents. Seen it. That's sad. But why do we need to do that? Why orphans and widows? Why not? Wouldn't it be better if he said, cute little puppies and horses? Man, everybody would be a good practicing Christian then, wouldn't we? We got any crazy cat ladies in here? Oh, we got one, Cody. <laughs> but he says, take care of orphans and widows. Why orphans and widows? Because they can't take care of themselves. And, I, and, I don't, and that's not a derogatory statement, especially back then when it's written. It still applies today, don't get me wrong. But what can a baby that has lost both of its parents, how can it sustain itself? It can't. It has to rely 100% on the generosity of somebody. Why do we need to do that? Because we need to depend 100% on what Jesus Christ can do for us. Does that make sense? He's not asking us to do something that he has not already done for us. He said that he has adopted us as kiddos in his... We are like adopted children in the kingdom of God. God has said, you know what? I'm going to take you in and I'm going to care for you. I'm going to do for you what nobody else can do. I'm going to die. I'm going to send my son to die for you because you cannot get to where I want you to be on your own. I have to do it for you. This is not rewriting the law of a checklist of something that we have to do. The reason that we do this is because the Bible tells us that we need to be Christ-like. We've got to do what has already been done for us, not because we have to do it, because we want to do it, because God loved us first. That's why we take care of those that are helpless. That's why we love other people because God loved us first. We're just passing it on. You can't pass it on enough. Today's message will transform each and every one of your lives. I guarantee it. I promise you. It will change your lives. But you have a part to play in it because you have a choice. You can continue in your miserable lives. We can continue in our miserable lives. Or you can start today and be transformed and be blessed by beyond measure. The promise of God. And I'm going to show you where that is. Now, does anybody have any questions over orphans and widows? No. If you do, talk to Ty afterwards. And if you would like a sarcastic answer, talk to Brooke. He'll be funny. The code that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted of the world. Now, when you think about polluted, okay, polluted is at the root of the problem, okay? And, and too often today, and in religion, I'm not talking about the code, I'm talking about the negative religion, always tries to mask the symptoms, okay? It, it, it's like putting a Band-Aid on your juggler vein 
trying to stem the flow of blood. You got to stitch that thing up. You got to reconnect, if you know what I mean. So what does it mean to be polluted by the world? There's an old cowboy saying that most of y'all have heard a million times. I'm not making this up. Says, part of cowboy wisdom is to know don't drink downstream from the herd. Do I need to explain that? But isn't that what most of us are doing? The world is up here. We are down here, downstream from the world, just doing exactly what the, what the flow comes to us, and we wonder why our lives taste like TT. Oh my gosh, it tastes like TT. Let's go to the other side. It still tastes like TT. Because you, you're being polluted by the world. How do you get unpolluted? You've got to go to the other side where the world isn't. You've got to go against the flow. No longer can you just relax and think, oh, I can be a Christian and do everything that everybody else is doing. You can't. It will not work. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you the truth. You cannot sit there and continue to act the way you've always acted and get a different result. You cannot start out on the wrong, you can't start out on the right journey by going the wrong way. You can't move downstream and think that it's going to be better. It's not. You've got to go upstream. You've got to do things differently. Now, what do I mean by that? to not be polluted, we need to quit treating the symptoms and go to the root of it. And if we're going to go to the root of it, we need to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, I know most of you ain't got your Bible, so I'm going to read this to you. But godliness, I'm starting in verse 6. 1 Timothy 6, 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Let me go ahead and read that again. See, see if you're following here. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Gain. That's what we're looking for, right? Gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out. You came into this world with absolutely nothing, and that's exactly what you're going to get out of here with, as far as the world is concerned. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Now, here it is right here. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Some of you might be saying, well, that's not me. Okay, let me ask you a question. Describe your typical week to me. What do you do most of the week? Where do you spend the majority of your amount of time and why do you spend the majority of the amount of your time doing that? So somebody will give you money. And you know what? Isn't it weird? I remember one time whenever I was in college, I was going to get a job with UPS loading boxes and I was going to make about $1,000 a month. I thought I was going to be rich. 
You know what I could do with a thousand bucks a month? My gosh, I could do this and this and this and this. Well, I promise you, a thousand bucks ain't much anymore. That'll barely make the truck payment, right? It's constantly, it doesn't matter how much you feed it. It's like throwing gasoline on a fire. It doesn't matter if you've got a little bit of gas or a 55-gallon barrel. The more gas you pour on it, the bigger it's going to get. I'm sorry to say this, but most of us have fallen right into that. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Hey, we had to break this sermon into two parts, so please be here next week so that you can hear the conclusion to Spiritual Collection Part 3. We'll see you then. It's going to change your lives. Hi, this is Lovey Weatherby. I call myself the worst preacher's wife ever, but Kevin calls me his better half. Confused yet? Well, you shouldn't be. All you need to do is go to savethecowboy.com and you can find links to our live church broadcast each Sunday morning. Or you can go back and listen to this service or any others that you miss. Did you know my man is the author of four books? You can find them all, as well as sermons on CD, by clicking on the store link at savethecowboy.com. On behalf of Kevin and Save the Cowboy, thanks for listening. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.